I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Sebas, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Woo, Bo Sebas, I've got a little extra pep in my step this week as we dropped a 5 and oh, perfect. NFL Sunday last week. Woo! That's right. You can celebrate over there. And to do my own little celebration over here, I have chosen to drink five beers during this podcast <laughs> recording. Just finished up number one during our uh, pre-recording setup, and there are four more can pops to come. So if I slur by the end of this thing, just deal with it. Because as the great Confucius once say, being drunk and happy is the key to a drunk and happy life. Now, whether you are here for the funny... It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President. I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly monthly and yearly packages to fit your needs go to our website thefootballgloryhole.com and hit us up for those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way y'all know the drill by now we will make you laugh (laughs) we will make you cringe holy santa claus shit but most of all baby we will make you a shit ton of money Woo! Woo! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional YouTube show in collaboration with 105.3, the fan in Dallas called The Degenerate with world-famous R.J. Choppy. Murray and against Zana, left side, swings this one, Holloway for three, and I set fire to the rain! Watch it pour as I touch your face! Now, with all that business out of the way, Welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast, Bo Cephas, as always. Here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it's everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people about your horrible, always fucking disgusting, cold beer here, choice of the week. 
Well, thank you very much, Sarah Sir. Tonight, I am continuing my October tradition of drinking a different Oktoberfest mm-hmm. every podcast. And tonight, <clears throat> it is Santa Fe Brewing Company Oktoberfest. 3.25 stars. Very solid beer. It is from Santa Fe, New Mexico. So, as we always do, let's bring you a few facts about Santa Fe. Uh-oh. First of all, the tie-in with the German population, it was actually, Santa Fe was actually founded by the Germans in 1914. <laughs> Always. Always. Santa Fe, actually, Longhorn, has the oldest political seat in the United States in 1598. It has the oldest recorded house in the United States and the oldest recorded church. Which, boys and girls, effectively what that means is they had the oldest corrupt piece of shit liar, mm-hmm. pedo, an adulterer Uh-oh. in the United States, and it turns out it was the same guy. And boys and girls, you're not going to believe this, but I did some research. Hmm. This man's name was Largo Crano de Mac, who just happens to be the great, 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 great grandpa of none other than my good buddy Longhorn, Mm-mm. who apparently is Spanish, according to this story. <clears throat> so, buddy, what do you have to say about your long lineage of debauchery in this fucking country. I mean, all I know is you mispronounced Joe Biden. So that's that's <laughs> that's, that's all I got to say about that. Oh my god, boys and girls, we're going to get in the podcast on that note. We're going to go over we're going to give you some free picks, we're going to have the good, the bad and the are you fucking kidding me? And we're going to give you every and I mean every fucking win coming the air tonight in the NFL. But right now it's time to get you paid with that college Reaping the week. And this week, that pick is going to be none other than those Alabama Roll Tide, baby. Minus yeah. 21 at Tennessee. I gave a pretty good breakdown on this uh, on the Degenerate. I'll give you the gist of it. Basically, Alabama's 8-1 and one in their last nine ATS versus Tennessee. That's 89%. And you might think, well, who cares? They're Alabama. They're probably 8-1 and one versus everybody. Not true. In fact, in conference, over those same years, which stretched back to 2010, they're only 53% in conference. Now, if you take away the Tennessee wins on that, Saban is actually only 51%, barely over 50, and not covering the VIG in conference since 2010. The one common denominator in this whole matchup is Saban versus his former assistants. He is 22-0 and 0 versus his former assistants. And in that time, nobody's had more former assistants as a head coach than the University of Tennessee. They had Derek Dooley for three of those matchups. They've had Coach Babushka, as uh, Choppy likes to call him, for one of them. This is going to be number five out of ten. He, that's the reason for this eight and one dominance. It's going to continue this week. Tennessee is just abysmal at home. Eight and 18 in the last 26 games, Longhorn. ATS at home. 31% at home for an mm. SEC team. And even worse than that, even worse than that, against conference in home, 7-21, and 21, quick math, that's 25%. They don't cover against bad teams. They don't cover against good teams. They don't cover against anybody. Roll Tide, baby. Let's get it. All right, boys and girls, now we got you paid. We got to get paid. And to do that, this week's sponsor is going to be BetAnySports.eu. I said bet. Hey! Sports.eu is the only place to go for online gambling. All sports, as the name suggests, 
If you want to bet the over or under, how many people are about to come after Longhorn for reparations after this fucking podcast gets out in his shitty lineage, you can bet that too, baby. Pay me. They've got reduced juice, minus 105 in most situations. Same day payouts. They welcome Bitcoin. They have the widest selections of props, parlays, and teasers on the internet. People. Go to betanysports.eu, put in code word glory hole, you get a 35% sign up bonus. What does that mean? It means you deposit $1,000, you get back $1,350. You use their money on top of our picks, you get money on top of money on top of money, baby. It's betanysports.eu, code word glory hole. One more time, I said bet. Hey! Sports.eu, code word glory hole. And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great that's just fucking great the bad this is bad this is bad well that's fucking not good and the are you fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me god damn it are you fucking with me All right, boys and girls, and as always, we start with the good, and the good last week was fucking Haas, baby. Yeah. Nine and four on the week with that five and oh in the NFL. That's 69% on your money overall. Longhorn, we are fucking back, baby. I mean, it just, it's, it feels so good when it hits the lips, just like this uh, second beer. It's just, it's just going down so good. That's what she said. And on to the bad. The bad last week. Auburn, minus three. We had them versus South Carolina. First of all, Auburn, you go on the road and lose to a team that was one and two, and you're supposedly the number 13 team in the nation. And on top of that, you do that by while outgaining them by over 200 goddamn yards. Mm. Go fuck yourself, Auburn. Yeah. I personally, I blame you for that uh, with absolutely no data to back that up whatsoever. Yeah, I'll take that one. Now we're going to move on to the Are You Fucking Kidding And this week, hmm. for the second week in a row, that goes to Notre Dame. Uh-oh. <laughs> These fucks scored one touchdown at home versus an unranked team. Hmm. They outgained them by over 100 yards. They had zero turnovers. So you can't blunt zero turnovers. And you can't cover a 17-point spread. You scored one goddamn touchdown at home versus Louisville. Oh, my God. I fucking hate the Irish forever. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to blame you for this one, too, buddy. You can't keep uh, using God as your punching bag over there and your, and your slight against the Catholics over and over and expect to just keep putting them in our picks and, and cash these ones. I mean, you know, it's you got to watch yourself over there, buddy. You got to watch it. All right, I will say 10 Hail Marys, and we're probably yes. going to be in Auburn or on North Notre Dame again this week. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, this is your favorite part of the show. Let's make no bones about it. It's time to find out and go over all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby!
and Longhorn. This week, we are gonna start in Cincinnati, as the natives call it, where your Cleveland Browns come calling and they're three-point road favorites. Yeah, and before we go there, uh, this will be the last season in review uh, uh, review, I guess. So um, the unders went ten and four too many last reviews, week. baby. Yeah, too many reviews. This will be the last one. Unders went ten and four last week, which pretty much catches them catches them up to almost fifty percent uh, with the overs. So much like we said all year, Vegas was going to catch up to this. They're not in the business of losing money. The unders are starting to catch up. The defense is starting to catch up. Vegas is catching up. So both both the favorites and the underdogs are fifty fifty. Overs and unders are basically 50 50. So it's it. We're back to normal around here, guys. Back to normal. Now, which game did you say we're going to first? Your Cleveland Browns at Cincinnati. <clears throat> yeah. Not, not, not my Browns, but uh, honestly, both teams, this was a pretty simple handicap to me. Uh, it's, it's a game I really actually like a lot. Um, Cleveland feasts on teams who cannot stop the run and teams who. Uh, cannot pressure the quarterback, uh, and they just and they get stomped by teams who can. Like if when they play teams that can stop the run and pressure the quarterback, they lose big. When they play teams that cannot stop the run and cannot pressure the quarterback, they win big. Cleveland scored six and seven points against Baltimore and Pittsburgh, but over thirty points against the other teams they played. Uh, Cincinnati is only thirty first in pressure rate. So Baker will have a clean pocket all day long. Now, backdoor Burrow did get the cover in the last meeting between these two, and actually that was one of our losses. It was a Thursday night game. It just fucking pissed us off, if you if you remember that one. But Cleveland dominated the game, and Burrow had to go perfect, five for five, on fourth down conversions to keep them in the cover. And if just one of those fourth down conversions did not hit, if he'd just gone four out of five, Cleveland gets the ball, goes down and scores, and completes, and they cover that game. It's pretty simple. Now, you've got A.J. Green on the sidelines last week saying, trade me, which is always great for uh, camaraderie. You've got Geno Atkins, the outstanding defensive tackle, questioning the way he's being used. Joe Mixon might not play. We'll, we'll see how that goes going forward. I can only leave Cleveland here, and it's a pretty strong lane for me. Bo Sebas, what do you got? Yeah, so that game – Cleveland had been up by double digits the entire time. I believe the spread was seven. Uh, thought it was five or thought it was five or six, wasn't it? I, we have to look it, it up. It might have closed at six, but either way, they were leading by double digits <clears throat> the entire game, even in the fourth quarter. They were leading by double digits going in to score another touchdown, the penultimate fucking touchdown that would have sealed the game for sure, put them up seventeen. Game over from an ATS perspective. Baker throws a horrible, horrible interception. And with no pressure in his face, to your point, they didn't pressure him all night. He just made a terrible Baker fucking decision. He got a little cocky and thought, oh, yeah, you know, I'm 5'10", but I can throw this 25-yard strike over the middle and nobody will catch up to it. Wrong, because, you know, he's 5'10", his arm is shit. So, uh, if he doesn't make that mistake, they cover that game at 5-6. and six, And I don't see that Cleveland's gotten any worse. And since he def- definitely is not getting any better... Uh, however, Joe Bird does have, man, I, what I got to give this kid, he's ha- he's got the heart of a lion, man. And that's really what I wanted to see from him this first year. I knew he was going to get beat up. I knew they were going to be bad. We knew they were going to be bad. We both picked him on the under for their, for their total wins. Uh, yeah. It really wasn't going to go any other way. 
So, and Cleveland has to have this win to keep pace. I have to lean with you for sure on this one. I don't, I mean, if Cleveland doesn't cover this, that means they probably don't win. And man, that's not, that's not going to be good for Baker. Like, it's almost like every week Baker's on Keenum watch. And this is just another one of those weeks where he's just going to be on Keenum watch if he doesn't play well and they don't cover this spread. But like you've said in the past, there's little difference between those two. And I totally agree with that at this point. I mean, that, I said that this was the make-or-break year for Baker. I don't even need to see the rest of the year. We know what he is. You're basically right all along. He's not worth the first pick. Not that I ever said he was, but, uh, you know, when his team's good, he's all right. When it's bad, eh, he's not a difference maker. So, and same as Keenum. So, you know, if they put Keenum, it's no difference. They're, they're, the, they're the same team that they are what they thought, what we thought they were. <laughs> they definitely are that, yeah, and Keenum – Keenum and Baker are the same to me. The only difference is the Browns were dumb enough to waste the number one pick on fucking Baker Mayfield. But it is what it is, and we're moving on Mm -hmm. to the Washington football people. (laughs) And they're hosting those Dallas Cowboys. And this game is, it it started off as Dallas minus three. It is down to a pickle. Did you just call them people? People. In this climate, you're going to. You're going to call them people. Wow. Okay. So, first of all, Bo Cephas, a little history here. I believe we have our first ever in a Dallas Cowboy game. Hello, corner TV game. I don't know if we've ever done that before, but that is where we at. We where we are at now with uh, with these Dallas Cowboys. Now, you just said it went down from it went from three to pick them, and I. 100% agree with that line move and you know I'm I'm probably taking crazy pills along with all these beers sitting over here. Bosevas, I like those skins of red here. You're going to have to talk me out of it honestly because um, <clears throat> I think that Washington might win this game. Now, this current as on the field Dallas roster with all of its injuries and and, and whatnot, what would and we didn't talk about this, so this is this is a straight question to you. What would you put at this current roster if they started the season with this roster? What would you put their over unders for this season? As far as win total, yeah, win totals. Uh, probably six. That's exactly what I wrote down. Perfect. So, what was the over under for the skins of red before the season started? Five and a half. There you go. They're dead even teams. I just, you know. We've lost value. Like there's no value anymore. I had to pick them, but the, whoever got those those numbers in at the plus three, that is tremendous value. Turmoil, turmoil, and doubt is setting in for Dallas. Lots of infighting, backstabbing going on. Uh, the only way that that can be galvanized and stop from being further torn apart is by true leadership. You got a brand new coach who apparently the players don't like, so you won't get leadership there. The only leader, they true leader, they really have is the quarterback. Well, he's his leg snapped in half, so he's not going to be able to bring them together. I, you know, the value's gone, so you know it is what it is. But I lean Washington here, acknowledging that they are dead last in YPP offense at four point three yards per play, which is oh my god, awful. Um, you know, look, this is trash against trash. Washington offense against Dallas defense. Bocephus, who wins the shit show? Well, first of all, we got to start with the obvious, which, like you said, uh, I think we're right on six and five and a half. 
obviously Vegas thinks the same. It's a fucking pick them, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't get a pick them without being even teams. <laughs> you could give Washington one for home field, I guess, even though there's no fans there. Sure. Um, so maybe Washington is getting a point of value. Maybe. The, the biggest thing for me in this game, and I think this, this is where – this is – if you could answer this question – I think then you can answer who wins the game. So, in fighting, a lot of a lot of chatter, a lot of noise coming out of the locker room. So it's going to go one of two ways. And long time we've seen this many many times. Either these players are going to realize that they need a paycheck, and they better get their shit together and go win this game, because outside of Demarcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith, and Zeke, nobody else on this team is paid. Or Cooper. Nobody mm-hmm. else's team's paid. So everybody else is literally expendable. And if you don't think so, I mean, they've won two fucking games. So if they can lose with you, they can lose without you. And that is that is the fucking vein of the NFL. So all of you are expendable. So you're going to have to fucking play for your paychecks. On the Washington side of it, it's not quite the same because they didn't have, I mean, obviously, their over-under coming to the season was five and a half. Dallas is what, nine and a half? Yeah, nine so and a half. there was expectation with Dallas. There was no expectation with Washington. <clears throat> So the players on Washington side, they're already kind of winning just by fucking getting up to show up to work. Not a lot of them are going to get fucking, you know, jettisons for having a shitty season. They expect to have a shitty season. So if the players on Dallas side come to realize, like, hey, we got to get fucking come together so we can get paid. We still have a chance to win this division. Hmm. Then I think the edge has to go to Dallas there. And just historically watching this matchup, when both these teams are bad, Dallas just tends to fucking win for whatever reason. You remember the three, five, and eleven years? Oh yeah. You know, many of those those five wins came against the Redskins. I'm not saying the Redskins were great teams then either, but it's the same situation here. It just, it just seems to kind of go Dallas's way. And the other thing that you and I did talk about during the week, one thing that cannot and will not continue, is Dallas is on pace to be minus thirty-two in the turnover ratio for right. the season. Right. That has never fucking happened in the history of fucking football in the National Football League. That's not going to happen. And if they just stop turning the ball over, they're going to start winning some football games, and this is probably going to be one of them. So I probably have to lean against you, but, again, there is no value here either way. No chance I would touch it. Yeah, I agree with that turnover part. That's a great point. Uh, I will challenge you that Dallas thinks that they have, still have a chance to win this division because – do you think they didn't watch that dominating performance by the Eagles on Thursday night? <laughs> I mean, after you watch the Eagles in that win against New York, I mean, it's it's in the bag. It's over. Philly's winning it. They're they're a great team. Oh my god! But on that game though, Carson Wentz, as bad as he played, that dime he threw to the oh. running back that's no taller than I am. Fucking like, good great! Lord, what a fucking throw that was. Yeah, that was a great throw. All right, moving on to Hotlanta. Well, those Falcons are somehow two-and-a-half-point home favorites versus, and I mean your, and I mean your, Detroit Lions. <laughs> That's funny you say my Detroit Lions because I feel like we're going to disagree on this game. Uh, and we'll see because, well, let, let me just get in the handicap. This game, feel, game feels like it reeks of a square, the squarest of square traps to me. Um, it. Everybody's taking Detroit here. Everybody wants Detroit here. They're, they're finally, you know, and you probably assume I'm taking Detroit. I'm sure you like Detroit. Atlanta played their best overall game last week, and the only thing that changed was the head coach being fired. For the first time, 
all year, the Atlanta defense was giving max effort and making plays all over the field. I watched that game like they were, I they were batting balls away. They were they were jump you know jumping, high five and just just there was a there was a jovial presence in their defense that I have not seen all year long. Is it a coincidence that last year when they they didn't fire Dan Quinn, but they took the defensive play calling capabilities away from him? Is it a coincidence they went on a huge winning streak after that? And then this year, magically, when he gets fired, you got their best defensive effort of the season? I don't think so. To me, looking at that at, at the, those two things, it's they hated that dude. They hate whether he got his some of his play calling duties stripped or straight fired, they immediately responded on the field and last year it responded in the whole back half of the season eight games so bottom line is i need to see proof that this atlanta team will go back to its quit mode on defense uh, with this new coach before assuming that last week's effort was not a fluke on top of that is detroit really a team that you want to lay money on them playing well on back-to-back road trips i don't really necessarily want to do that i will reluctantly lean to Atlanta uh, in this in this contest and, and I'm, I'm going to throw it to you here in a second last thing I'll say is all year these two teams have been the two smash teams that you play in game live betting on if they get a lead Atlanta if they get a lead they give it up Detroit if they get a lead they give it up so my, my in game live bet of the year is if one of these teams doesn't matter which one. If one of them gets up by two scores, you live bet the fuck out of the other team uh, to catch up because that's just what these two, two teams do. Both both teams, what do you got over there? I think that's probably your handicap of the year right there on the live bet. Thank you. Sure. Thank uh, you. That's fantastic value. And boys and girls, if you're listening, which obviously you are, uh, <laughs> you gotta you got to fucking follow my boy on that. He's, he's fucking spot on. There are, there is no other better live bet spot, or uh, live bet spot, in the entire NFL all season than this game right here. Either one of them gets up by ten points, ten or more. Bet the other side because they're going to get at least six. You get, you just got to fucking do it. Yeah, one hundred percent. Now for the game, the numbers are on Detroit, and for good reason. Detroit is not. I know it's hard to say, but analytically, they're not as bad as their record. And Atlanta is every bit as bad as a record, if not fucking worse. <laughs> and one game of an uptick from a, a fired coach, that's great. But can they sustain that? I don't know. And it almost feels like to me that Vegas Mm-mm. is hanging this out there at the two and a half just to fucking, like, come on, just just Atlanta by field goal right there at home. They're just kind of begging you to fucking take this money. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I can't bet on Detroit either, but there's no way I would bet Atlanta. I'd have to lean Detroit. I got to lean against you on it. But man, that in game betting handicap is fucking fantastic. Yeah, I hope one of them jumps out for sure. Oh, yeah, me too. Dollar bills in hand, baby. All right, New <laughs> Orleans going down to Nolens. They're minus seven now, consensus home favorites versus Carolina Panthers. Yeah, down to seven. That's. This this game went from I believe it. I mean, you got, you're the numbers guy. I believe it opened at seven and a half, went up to eight and a half, nine, and then back down to seven. Is that can you confirm that? 
Yeah, it's still at seven and a half at stations and a couple of other places. So you're still hanging on that hook a couple of spots. Yeah, and, and just today, uh, both receivers are out for New Orleans. Got confirmed, so that explains the uh, the tick back down to seven, seven and a half. So listen, New Orleans is coming off a bye. They are rested, and they have Carolina coming town off of that loss last week at home to Chicago, which we had Chicago hit the sounder, cashing cashing tickets. I really like the fight, however. Like, I watched that game. It was one of our games. So, I put that on one of the five TVs, and I watched them, uh, uh, you know, intently. Carolina, they gave up that basically pick six at the beginning of the game. He didn't actually score on the on the interception, but uh, he, you know, right down to the, like, near the goal line, and then they punched it in. They, after that happened, Carolina fought their ass off the entire game and was right within that, you know, one more score, and they and they cover one more, and you know if they didn't, they they lose. I just love the way I, I'm a Matt Rule giant Matt Rule fan. I'm a giant Brady, the offensive coordinator fan. Like this team, Carolina, in the future. Now I don't know if it's going to be with Teddy Two Gloves because I don't. I just don't. I don't know. I don't think he's going to be the quarterback that's going to actually take them to the ultimate height of where I think they can be. But man, I'm telling you, two or three years from now. You're going to be talking about this team making deep, deep playoff runs. Love the way they play. Love the way they're coached. Um, now, as far as this game goes, you know, New Orleans is is fourth in defensive rush efficiency. Uh, but that's okay because, because Carolina really likes to sling it around all day. And New Orleans is only 15th in defensive pass efficiency. So I do think Teddy will have some success here and be able to put some points uh, now, on the other side of the ball, when New Orleans does pass, it'll be against the 12th-ranked pass def- defense. So, you know, solidly above average uh, and getting better every week. And, you know, look, we've talked about on this podcast, I know we all know New Orleans is a cover machine in October. I believe they're on a 21-3 streak or whatever the ATS streak is in October. But with the New Orleans defense allowing over 30 points a game this year, I can only lean to Carolina and their high-powered Joe Brady offense getting over it, you know, either a touchdown or over a touchdown here. That's the only way I can lean here, Bocephus. What do you got? Yeah, I think somebody in Vegas tapped into our podcast feed here because BetMGM just updated to 7.5. So Mm. all you fucking government bots out there listening – well, we appreciate you listening, but still, uh, give us some fucking slack here. But, yeah, Carolina to the seven and the hook, it's really the only way to play it. The numbers say it. I think, like you said, everything that you gave says it. And New Orleans, without those two receivers, like Drew Brees completing 71% of his passes, which is awesome, but his yards per attempt are down. They don't, they're not explosive. And when you play a team that's not – in. That's the key. Like, New Orleans has given a lot of points in the past, like 30 points a game, whatever. But that's because they, they're up and down the field. Which, if you're up and down the field, your defense efficiency is naturally going to go down unless you have the 85 Bears defense, which nobody has that anymore. But this year, they're not up and down the field like that, and you're, they're still going to those points. Now, I don't expect uh, Carolina to score 30 points, and neither does Vegas. It's 15 and a half right over. So, they're yeah. not expecting that either. However... You know, Teddy Two Gloves, which I don't think much of him. You don't think much of him. The world doesn't think much of him. But what he doesn't do is he doesn't beat you, right? He might not win you the game, but he's not going to beat you. He doesn't make bad mistakes. 
He doesn't make a lot of poor decisions. He right? doesn't beat. He doesn't beat himself. Like yeah, he doesn't exactly. hurt his own team. Yeah. He's basically like Kirk Cousins, except without the fuck ups. It's pretty much how I describe Teddy Two Gloves. We have a little bit less arm talent than Kirk Cousins, but still, whatever. You can win a lot of uh, games with that. A lot of games. A lot of games, and I love Carolina to cover that seven and a half here. I'm with you, buddy. All right. All right, moving on. We're going to those New York. J-E-T-S. Yes! 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 And this game is all the way down. The Jets plus 10 hosting Buffalo. Yeah, this is my uh, – let me check here. Yeah, it's one of my shortest write-ups, and for everybody knows why. I'm, I'm tired of talking about this team. Um, I actually had half of this write-up. I've got to delete here because today it was announced that um, Darnold is in and Flacco is out. So let me just delete half of this write-up right here. Let's throw that out. The Jets are 0-6 straight up and 0-6 ATS. That is not going to last. It just is doesn't. Bad? Yeah, it's, it's, it's real bad, but it doesn't last in the NFL. That's the point. Just like the over-unders have caught up, this is going to catch up. And it's going to turn. Look, let's make this quick in you know matter of time. The only play is the Jets. It's, if I was going to play this game, it would only be to the Jets. Uh, it's gonna, it should be a low-scoring game. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to try to be the smartest guy in the room and be the one that just pounded the table on the Jets to finally break that streak. No, this is the week, and you, I guarantee, this will be the week. No, fuck no. I don't know. I'm. I'm, st- I'm staying away from this game. But at some point, they're going to break that ATS streak. Don't be surprised if this if it is this game, and don't be surprised if this is a close game late. Both teams. What do you got? Yeah, so the Jets and the Cows are both 0-6 ATS. It's the only time since 2015, so the last five years, the two teams this deep in the season have been 0-6 ATS. Yeah. Like you said, they're both going to break through. I think this is the week they both break through. I think Uh we both have – I think we have some 1-6 teams coming out of this week. I like that – like you said, the the Jets – I guess you said it the best. It's the only play. Mm -hmm. If you're going to play this game – the only play is the Jets. It's the only play. Am I going to pound the table for them? No. No, but you can't lay the 10 points here with Buffalo. They're trending the wrong way. And at some point, like you said, you know, the the, the ball is a prolate sphere in, in football. It doesn't bounce the same way every fucking week, and that's what makes it so hard. And, yeah, you, you got you, – your only play is the Jets or stay away. Yeah, I was told there would be no geometry on this podcast. <laughs> I had no, no idea what you just said. All right, we're going to move on to those Houston Texans. It's Houston with an H for some people that can't pronounce that. Uh, uh, and they're hosting the Green <laughs> Bay Packers, and they're three-and-a-half-point dogs. <clears throat> well, Houston, as some people like to say, <laughs> with a Y, Houston. <laughs> nah, I can't even. Okay, Green Bay got embarrassed last week. Against a great team in a desperate spot, Tampa Bay was desperate last week. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. They needed that win. That win. Jesus Christ! Oh, hold on, hold on, Bill Cephas. Yeah, that, that's that's you're, what's you're happening. You're making fun of people that say Houston with a Y, and you say Ween. Yeah, at the same fucking time. Yeah, it was a uh, Tampa Bay needed that 
need that wind real bad. Let me. I'm just gonna power through this. I'm not listening to you. You're you're distracting me over there. You're trying to do it on purpose, taking advantage of the week, and I I'm not gonna have any of it. Okay, so <laughs> now <laughs> I gotta get my shit straight. You you threw me off, man. I don't like this. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm Baker under pressure here. I'm getting sacked in the pocket. I can't I can't get my shit straight. I'm starting over. Okay, okay. Three, two, one. Starting over. Green Bay got embarrassed last week against a great team in a desperate spot. Tampa Bay needed that win badly, and boy, did they show up. It was one of our best bets of the weekend. We had it last week as part of our 5-0. and um, Now, they face a really bad Houston defense, ranked 27th in DVOA. So they will have a, you know, they'll, they'll, They'll score a lot of points here. Let's not, I believe the over-under is up to 57, so they're going to score a lot of points here. Uh, matter of fact, if Green Bay punts more than three times, I'll be completely floored. Now, Houston won't find much resistance when they have the ball either, as Green Bay is ranked 28th DVO defense. Uh, so, again, this is this. You know, we're not we're not giving out over unders here, but this is a smash spot at at the over for me. I don't see I don't see any way. Both these teams don't hit 30-plus. Um, <sighs> three and a half for, for Houston, man. I just – the only thing that's, that's a great number, by the way. Three and a half at home, great number. Normally would be a smash spot for me to, to like Houston. But the fact that Green Bay got embarrassed last week and the fact that the last person with the ball pretty much will win this game and cover, just much like last week with Tennessee and Houston – you know, the last, last person with the ball is probably going to score a touchdown because the defenses suck, and they're going to win and cover. So the three-and-a-half looks great, but when you have terrible defense giving up touchdowns left and right, well, it's not as much value as, as you would think it would be. One last thing I'll throw it to you. 90% of the money is coming in on Green Bay, which means it's the sharp and public money coming in. So, man, it's just... I know, I know that the numbers like Houston here, and I'll let you, I'll let you do your thing over there. But this game scares me, Bocephus. I, I, I don't trust Houston. What do you got? Yeah, so the numbers do like Houston, and then one key thing you mentioned, digging through some correlations today, the DVOA uh, defensive advantage. So just doing some uncovering this last few weeks, that when the numbers agree and DVOA. Defensive advantage is to the other team. Our agreements are five and one <clears throat> over the last two weeks, plus the Giants last night. So, yeah. Houston has all that going for them. Um, mm. I mean, I, th- I think the only play here to me is Houston. I mean, I think Green Bay probably wins. They need, so they, they, they do need to win, and Houston doesn't need to win. But the fired coaching scenario I talked about last week, like. Houston played the best game they played all year. They did end up losing to Tennessee, but Tennessee's the much, much better football team. And Green Bay, is, they're better than Houston, but they're not as good as Tennessee. So this line is a little bit skewed in that manner, and I think that I think the Sharps are setting up for a square play on Green Bay on this one. I could be wrong, but I definitely lean Houston. Yeah, we'll see. All right, moving on, those Arizona Cardinals and this circus midget is a three-and-a-half-point home dog to Russell Wilson and those Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, we have actually talked about this game this week, and I am reluctant. You know what? I'm just going to 
you're right. I think you're right in this game. I'm, I gave you some resistance earlier in the week. I've relented that. I think that Arizona clearly is the right side here. Um, Seattle is just not as good as their record would suggest, and with a defense ranked 26th in defensive efficiency, including 29th in pass defensive efficiency. So Murray, Murray and Arizona should have very little resistance here. Now, the injury situation with Hopkins, we'll need to see how that plays out. Uh, he, he's he's about a seventy percent go right now. So, you know, three and a, three three and a half at home, smash spot for them. Seattle is playing with house money. Not only are they playing with house money on the record wise because they haven't lost the game yet, but they are playing with house money on the fact that they keep winning these close games, and a lot of that is is the Russell Wilson factor, but you don't just keep winning these close games in the NFL, particularly on the road. So, I guess we haven't had a sounder yet, Bo Cephas. Talk me out of hitting the sounder here, because if we're going to take the plus three and a half at home with Arizona, might as well just hit the sounder and just go, go, you know, crotch first here. What do you got? Man, I like that. Uh, I think here's what the crux to me on this like Arizona just went out on national television and beat the shit out of the Dallas Cowboys and when I say beat I mean beat the fucking shit out of them now the Cowboys did mostly give up in the second half or whatever but I think what's keeping Arizona from getting overvalued here is the fact that Kyle Murray had one of his worst games all season against one of the worst defenses in the NFL yeah but if you watch the game which I did it wasn't anything that Dallas did to him. He just, for whatever reason, and, you know, pitchers have off nights, quarterback has off nights. He just had an off night. He just, he missed throws that he hits routinely. He's not a, for whatever you want to say about Kyler Murray, he's not an inaccurate quarterback, period. That's not his game. He was incredibly inaccurate on some incredibly easy throws. And for whatever, I don't know why. I have no, you know, I'm I'm not an excellent O's, guys. I don't know that much about X's of football, but he just he he wasn't he did not look like himself, and I think that's actually getting us value here on Arizona. If he would have went, you know, twenty for twenty seven, and they'd have won by thirty points, I don't think this line's nearly what it is. He went nine for twenty seven, nine. He completed nine goddamn passes in mm. an NFL game. That's Tim Tebow like. <laughs> so. I think him looking that bad okay. throwing the ball is actually gaining his value on this backside, and I'm with you, man. Like, I, yeah, Seattle or Russell Wilson has owned Arizona straight up, but man, this Kyler Murray can make some plays, and if he plays, I mean, if he if he just plays half as well throwing the football in this game, I think they cover this easily, and they they do have a good chance to win. Yeah, let's let's uh let's preemptively. Or not preemptively. What's the word, Bocephus? You're the you're the smart guy. What's the word if you want to hit the sounder, but it's only it's contingent on Hopkins playing. So let's let's uh preliminarily yeah something like that. Let's softly maybe hit the sounder if Hopkins plays. How about that? All right, sounds good. All right, all right, moving on. Those goddamn New England Patriots. They're minus two and a half at home, hosting the San Francisco 49 Yep, and I know this is a game that we disagree on, and that is fantastic. I love 
disagreeing with you because you think you're so goddamn smart and you're just not okay you're just not you're not as you're not as smart as you think you are this is a very interesting game new england looked as bad as you can look last week and they looked like a team that hadn't practiced in two weeks because they were a team that hadn't practiced in two weeks that excuse however is gone now and this san francisco team is coming across the country and they have a quarterback named Jimmy G-String, as we like to say, because he uh, he dates porn stars, or he did. And you know who knows Jimmy G-String and his strength and weaknesses better than anybody? That'd be Bill. Amanda? Amanda. Is she a, who is that? She She's one of his favorite whores. Oh. I bet she knows his strengths really well. But <laughs> Belichick knows his football strengths really well and his weaknesses so i'm gonna lean new england to new england here uh i did hear a stat that belichick has faced former quarterbacks of his like quarterbacks that were on his staff that went to play for other teams he's faced them 14 times both Stephens. his record against them ats is 11 and 3 uh, San Francisco is still dealing with some injuries on the off- on the defensive side of the ball, and now they have offensive line issues. And, of course, the running back is not going to play this game. Man, I think New England gets back on track here, and they win a low-scoring, ugly game. Disagree with me all you want. I am taking New England. So, question on that former quarterback stat. Who are those former quarterbacks? Well, those... Former quarterbacks would be a bunch of people that aren't named Tom Brady. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I bet they're not named Jimmy G, and they're not nearly as good as Jimmy G oh, is okay. either. All right. So I know we're on opposite sides of the board in this. You've already, um, you know, exercised your veto on this for the numbers, but the numbers do say San Francisco. And the amazing thing to me is San Francisco's underlying numbers still have them as one of the better teams in the NFL, despite all their injuries and despite their shortcomings on their win-loss so far, and Jimmy G missing games and then coming back his first game back and playing like absolute shit and getting benched, (laughs) which was incredible. Uh, but if they go up there and play their game, this is the game that San Francisco likes to win. The over-under is 44. This is right up Shanahan's alley. It's going to come down to me who's going to out-coach the other one, Shanahan versus Belichick. I can't ever bet against Belichick and a coaching. Like last week, it was easy for us to bet against uh, New England because, you know, it was it was a just a talent disparity. But this week, I think, I think... Given who San Francisco got left, they're pretty even. Vegas is telling they're pretty even. Uh, even if you give New England the one, it's talking about a one and a half, but the numbers say San Francisco is still better than that. I'm going to lean against you and go San Francisco. Uh, but we're we're about to find out exactly how good Bill Belichick is or mm-hmm. isn't yeah. without Tom Brady because if they lose this game, Longhorn, they're two and four. And they'll be also be two and four ATS, which – Bill Belichick with Tom Brady, career with 60%. 60%. And this would drop him to, what is that, uh, 33%. Yeah, I 100% agree with you here. This is the, like, if this, if I'm not right on this and you're right, then done. Like, it's it's settled. It wasn't Belichick, it was Brady. 
as far as I'm concerned. Yep. All right, moving on. Those Denver Broncos, they're hosting the world champion, Kansas City Chiefs. This game opened at 10. It is down to Kansas City minus 8. Unbelievable. Love this spot for Denver here. Weather is going to play a factor in this game. Temperatures in the high teens, low 20s, and snow, baby. That's right. We got our first snow game of the year, and I can't fucking wait. Fangio has this defense fucking cooking right now. They're fifth against the rush. Uh, So, you you know, look, weather is going to affect the passing game. Denver's great against the run. Kind of leans up to to Denver to me in all those points. Uh, I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this handicap short for time concerns. I like them to keep this close and even possibly have the chance at the upset at the end of this game. What do you got, Bocevas? Yeah, I love Denver here. I don't have anything to add. The numbers love them. Go Broncos. Go. All right, those Tampa Brady Buccaneers who won us all that goddamn money versus Green Bay. <laughs> Easiest pick of the week other than Pittsburgh versus Cleveland last week. Uh, they are minus three and a half at our Las Vegas Raiders. Well, uh, breaking news about an hour ago that Antonio Brown just got signed by Tampa Bay, which is interesting. He's uh, available to play week nine from, from all reports. Um, look, you can't play a game without an offensive line, Bocephus. I don't So, I mean, if, <laughs> you know, as of right What's the updated status? Because as of right now, I don't know if Vegas is even – are they playing this game? Are they moving the game back? What's what's the deal? No, they're playing. It's going to be at uh, 3.05 right this second is what it's got listed at. And, I mean, the game opened up at Tampa minus two. It's up to three. It's all the way up to five at stations. It ranges all the way from three and a half to five all across the board in Vegas. So, looking at where you're looking at, depending on what you're looking at, you need to, If you're going to bet Tampa Bay, you need to get it at the best number. Three and a half is the best number you can get it at right this second. Okay, well, let's make this quick. Tampa Bay is blitzing on 40% of their defensive snaps, so they're kind of turning into the mini Baltimore, uh, the Baltimore of the South over there. Uh, however, Vegas is seventh in pass block win rate, so the trenches are absolutely going to tell the story of this game. The defensive line for Tampa and the pass rush versus the offensive line of Vegas. However... We don't have enough information on who's going to exactly be in or out for the Vegas offensive line. We know Trent Brown is going to be out, or Orlando Brown's. Yeah, Orlando Brown's going to be out um, for sure. And we don't. You know, look, I don't. I don't have a good enough feel on this game. Not enough information, so I'm going to pass. What do you got? Yeah, the numbers split. I know we locked it into our super contest at Tampa minus two and a half. Because as soon as we saw that number, yeah, the number just, said yeah. Just a numbers uh, play. But now. You know, it's pretty much it is a split on the numbers. So, yeah, I'm kind of passing on this game as well. But it wouldn't surprise me if Tampa just goes in and wins this game by you know four to seven points, some something like that. Okay. All right, moving on. Those Pittsburgh Steelers coming off their huge win against your Cleveland Browns. Hmm. Okay. Go to Tennessee in the battle of the unbeaten's Longhorn five and zero versus five and zero. Tennessee is minus one and a half. Yeah, we've had a couple of these games this year to where we just scratch our heads and we can't really figure out what's going on with the line movement. Matter of fact, we had one last week with Tampa Bay. Uh, huge line movement, lots of steam towards Green Bay. We couldn't figure it out. We were scratching our head. 
trying to figure out why this line is moving because we were on Tampa and we were on Tampa heavy. And, uh, you know, obviously worked out that way in our favor. This is kind of the same thing. We're on Pittsburgh. We were on Pittsburgh minus two. We're on Pittsburgh minus one. We're on Pittsburgh at pick. We're on certainly on Pittsburgh at plus one and a half. What it's at. I can't figure out this line move, Elsevis. You know, I do, we have Pittsburgh ranked higher. We, we have Pittsburgh ranked higher, the better team, and home field being, you know, basically nothing. Who cares? Now, here's the deal. Inside this game, inside inside the on-the-field stuff, the only unit of the four units that are going to be on this field, Tennessee offense, Tennessee defense, Pittsburgh offense, Pittsburgh defense, the only unit that is well below average is the Tennessee defense. It, so that's the that's the difference to me is that Tennessee won't be able to stop this Pittsburgh offense at all, but the but the Pittsburgh defense, although going against a great Tennessee offense, they they should be able to slow them down. Taylor Lewan is out. The tackles are struggling. Will be struggling now with without them in there. Great pass rush for Pittsburgh. This is really going to come down to in this game of two. Fairly evenly matched teams. Who's going to make the key mistake at the end? And to me, Pittsburgh has proven that they're the team that can create the pass rush and force the turnovers that will that will turn a game. Tennessee has not shown that they can do that at all. Now they're winning; they're five and zero, but it's all offense. They're outscoring people, so there's no. I mean, there's no way they can outscore Pittsburgh against that defense. But Pittsburgh can absolutely. Put up the points against the Tennessee defense. So this is a this is a just I'm confused, both Stevens. This is a slam dunk Pittsburgh pick for us, and the lines going the other way against us. I can't figure it out. What do you got? I can't either. So both five and zero, oh, but Pittsburgh's four and one ATS. The Titans are two and three ATS, and it comes down to this: the Titans have outscored their opponents by twenty eight points in five games, a little <laughs> over five points a game, which is not bad. I However, mean, it's not great. Pittsburgh has outscored their opponents by 62 mm. points in five games. There that is go. over 10 points a game, boys and girls. That is utter fucking dominance. And in the game matchup, what does Tennessee do well? What do they hang their hat on? It's running the ball. They're number nine in the mm-hmm. NFL yards per carry. But the three teams they have not covered against average 15th yards per carry defense against the run, so a little bit above average. Longhorn Pittsburgh is number two in the NFL YPC against the run and defense. Yep. The only two teams Tennessee has covered against average 27th in the NFL yards per carry defense. And then furthermore, like you said, they're missing the left tackle. Pittsburgh is the number one sack rate defense at 12.31%. That's unbelievable. And to if you don't think that's unbelievable, the number two team is Tampa Bay. They're at 932 that's over 300, right at 300 basis points higher than the number two team in all of the NFL. Yeah. Like, I'm with you. I feel like I'm taking fucking crazy pills here. Mm-hmm. And the only way that you don't, or Pittsburgh didn't cover, in the one game they didn't cover, was against a great pass rush, or at least above average in Denver. They're 13th in sack rate. That's the one game they didn't cover. The Titans are 28th in the NFL at sack rate. I mean, to, to your point, there's no way that Pittsburgh doesn't just go in there and win this fucking football game. Like, 
I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills too. I don't know. I, and, and to confess, there's a lot of sharp money coming in on yeah, Tennessee. I know. So I think that we're zigging where they're zagging. I think we're going to be on the right side. Just like, and just to confess, there was a lot of sharp money coming in on Green Bay last week. Oh, yeah. And we looked at each other like, we don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Tampa Bay's going to win this game. Pittsburgh's going to win this fucking game. I agree. Oh, I, I just forgot. Pittsburgh is the sounder. It's one of the. Hits the other sounder, so hit the... While we're still on it, hit the sounder so we can get that in there. Totally forgot about that. All right, moving on. Those L.A. Chargers are seven and a half point. They've been seven and a half point. No movement in this game. Nobody wants to bet this fucking game at all. They're at home. They're versus... God damn it. My Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah, you can have them. You can have those Jaguars. Look, both see I'm tired... <laughs> And again this week, like uh, again this week, when the lines come out, every it's like fucking clockwork. The lines come, the lines come out, and I'm like, I see Jacksonville, I see the line, and I'm like, nah, I take Jacksonville there. Like that's always my initial lean is, yeah, Jacksonville. I think that's right. But I'm done hitting, like touching that hot stove with Jacksonville. They are. Just, I just, I can't do it anymore. They've given up thirty plus points in four straight games. They're a terrible defense. Chargers coming off a bye. I just, th- by the way, this is a smash. This is a smash teaser spot. Take, take the Chargers down to what you say you got the line at currently? Seven and a half. Yeah, take them down to one and a half. Uh, it, it, it probably will be in my teaser uh, on YouTube. Quick hit. So, so check that out. I'm gonna pass this game. What the numbers say? But, but once again, I. Fuck Jacksonville, I'm not touching them anymore. Yeah, of course the numbers say Jacksonville. Of you course. Know, of course they do. Uh, but in that correlation that I brought up earlier on the DVOA defense on our agreements, it is against Jacksonville. It's going to the Chargers. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you about passing the numbers here. Passing Jacksonville, and we're almost ready. We're not quite ready, but we're almost ready to have one of your patented uh, quarterback funerals for my boy the mustache and i i don't think that i'll sports cry harder than when the rangers made the world series and when we had to bury my boy gardner Minshew the second who there is no first uh man i'm gonna miss that fucking guy when he's gone but yeah i i, I can't fucking play jacksonville here well, well don't worry he'll have a son at some point and he'll come up and be gardner Minshew. Minshew the fifth or whatever some stupid shit <laughs> <laughs> and you get to cheer for him god i hope so <laughs> all right moving on our last game the monday night football game it's those la rams and they are hosting those chicago bears and they're six point home favorites yeah this is a uh i don't know if i don't think we've talked about this game so let's let's hash this out here i'm i'm actually completely torn on this game which which initially tells me to stay away, stay the fuck away. It is the Monday night game, so you know after we drop our second consecutive five and zero, you know we might decide to just you know say, throw another pick out there to go six and zero. We don't know. We'll see how that goes. Chicago has been honestly they've been pretty good to us uh, throughout this year, and they do have the fifth ranked defense, including second against the pass. Goff does struggle while while under pressure. And on top of that, the Rams are undefeated, four and zero against the sorry ass NFC East. Yet they are zero and two against everyone else. They have wins over Philly, Washington, Dallas, and the Giants. Clean sweep 
Um, so shocker. on a four, yeah, it's a big shocker. On a fourth lane, I'd have to I'd have to lean Chicago here. Um, uh, but the Rams did look bad last week against San Francisco, and that was that game was in prime time. Teams don't like to get embarrassed two weeks in a, in a row, specifically two games in a row in prime time. So that pushes me away from my lean to Chicago, and I will just leave it at that. Bo Stevens, what do you got? Yeah, I'd have to lean with you to Chicago just because of the strength of schedule for sure. However, a big disappointment for me with Chicago has been Mr. Big Dick Nick Foles, even though, like you said, they've won us quite a bit of money already this season. Mm-hmm. Man, if he was anything at all last week versus Carolina, they would have just blown them the fuck out. But he let them hang around and hang around and hang around. And they almost came back and fucking ruined our 5-0. and But thank God for that Bears defense. And I think the Bears defense is what you got to hang your hat on at this point. Yeah. Uh, the Rams will score. Obviously, that's what they do. But Chicago has held every team pretty much in check and scoring. Like, nobody's really gotten away from them. I think it's the same scenario. And, I mean, the, the numbers are split on it. So, I can't say the only way to play is Chicago. But it, it opened at 7.5, down to 6. I mean, I can't fault anybody for betting the Rams at minus six to cover by a touchdown, but it's a lot of points to lay to a defense that's this good, and the over-under is only 45, so Vegas isn't expecting a lot from either offense, obviously. Um, it's another, so I'd it, have to lean with you to the Bears. It's another good teaser spot. Take that six down to pick them at home. Oh, 100%. All right, boys and girls, that was all those wins that are coming in the air tonight, baby! All right, boys and girls, it's time you've all been waiting for. It's time for that free, I said free NFL pick of the week, baby. Yeah, let's go with uh, let's go with Arizona. We, you know, kind of hesitantly hit that sounder, and they're getting three and a half at home. So let's do the NFL free pick as Arizona. And oh, real quick, money line parlay of the week. Let's go Pittsburgh. Both LA teams, Chargers and Rams, Cleveland and Arizona. That parlay money line parlay pays twelve to one, and we all do the money dance. That sounds fucking fantastic. Long, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, you glory hole seekers. That's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. Personally, I think I get an additional world award for being able to complete this podcast without stumbling through all of the words. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe. It's a five-star race, so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias, and don't forget to subscribe to both our YouTube channels, The Football Glory Hole and The Degenerate with RJ Choppy. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our YouTube quickest, so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But most importantly, Sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both see as always in a mostly non-sexual way. 
People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money in the S game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take a sip, baby.